You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. First cut. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is not only your round one recap for the Sony Open, but also coming up after the break, a chat with the man himself, Bobby Fairways from Bob Does Sports, Robbie Berger. We'll get to that on the other side. KP, good to see you, bud. Yeah, twice in one day. How about that? It's fantastic. Speed's leading. All is right in the world. Yeah, I love a good Thursday night. You and I with Jordan Spieth atop mm. a leaderboard. That's so good. Chef's kiss. Six under 64 for Jordan. Uh, at this moment, he is tied with Chris Kirk at the top of the leaderboard. The coverage is winding down. Taylor Montgomery technically still out on the golf course, though he did just uh, make his first bogey of the day at 15. So uh, Spieth at the top of the leaderboard. He went out early. It was a, a fast start for him, and he's kind of putting himself in position to be noisy this week. Yeah, he is. It made me – We t- I think we talked on – Tuesday, I, I picked Tom Kim and our one and done. You and, and I both. said it, I said it, yeah, we did. I said it was between, and I kind of meant this, like between Tom Kim and Spieth and went the wrong direction, obviously. But Spieth, um, it, you know, I read through his transcript, um, looked at his numbers. He putted the lights out. He, he has, he always has some quotes that he starts talking and you're like, I, I don't know if he knows where this is going. He was talking about his putting and like how he's got this feel and he's like close to having it locked in. And when he does, he knows he can gain, he can finish first and strokes gained on the entire field and putting. And it was like this long rambling thing. And you're like, I, I mean, I kind of believe it. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to believe with him, but the quote that will get a lot of run and already has gotten a lot of, a lot of run was he said, I feel like I can, well, I should just read it. Cause I've got it. Uh, or do you have it pulled up? I don't have it pulled up. Okay. So he said, um, I believe I can shoot five or six under each day out here. He shot six under on Thursday. Not to say that means it'll happen, but there are other times I would be sitting there going, how do I hold this together? To be honest, seriously, <laughs> which is like, that's, that's his whole career in a tweet. It was Jordan Spieth gaining across the board, three and a half strokes with the putter, which as of right now, this will probably adjust a bit, but like fifth or sixth best in the field on Thursday. I'll tell you what, I will be really excited uh, for the prospects of 2023. If the first full field event out of the gate is a Jordan Spieth win, would that, would that change expectations for Jordan this year? Or are we just very much set in, Hey, He's got to compete at major championships. Who who knows what he's going to do week in and week out? Like what what are expectations for Speed this year? It's a good question. I mean, when's the last time he got off to like a really good? He 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 had always played well at Kapalua, right. but then he didn't play it for a while, right? Because he didn't win. 
I think I, I, I do think Rick that a, so I think coming into the year, the expectations for Jordan Spieth were like maybe win once and then like contend at some majors. I, I think if he wins Sony, it's like a little bit game on right for this guy could, could rise to become the number one player in the world. Not necessarily this year, but over the next 18 months or whatever, maybe this year. I don't know. I, 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 Sony's not like the biggest deal in the world, but I do think Spieth winning and getting some momentum going into like Phoenix and Riviera plays great at Riviera. Uh, I think that's a real thing. I really do. I, I don't, I mean, do you agree? Yeah, so I uh, for sure he's he I think he's proven that he's kind of like a momentum guy and when he starts rolling watch out and that goes in both directions. I think what would be interesting <laughs> is right? I think what would be interesting is he is definitely no longer in the conversation as the best player in the world. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's firmly Rory and Rom and if you want to talk yeah. about Scotty and Cantlay or Cam Smith like whatever, the, you get to probably 8 or 12 guys before you start talking about Jordan Speed and I think an early run in 2023 especially if you you know if you win before the Masters and you're Jordan Spieth, like you're gonna kind of get everybody to a fever pitch. So I think it would be interesting if he were to throw his name at least back into that conversation and to already have a win. And obviously, there's a lot of golf to be played here in in Honolulu. But if he has a win before we get to the Masters, I'm I'm pretty yoked up for that. Well, I mean, y- yeah, I agree. It, it's a little bit. Like this is about the earliest you could win, so I don't know if it if it <laughs> translates all the way into April. But I mean, imagine Rick. I, I I think I think we've done this thing a little bit where we have sort of written him off as being able to be the number one. Like I don't really, th- uh, you know how I feel about speed, but I don't really think about him as being a number one guy, like the like like a number one player in the world anymore, and that's maybe foolish. He could obviously any, anybody that's in the top 20 could get to number one somewhat easily in terms of you win a couple events and you're in the top five, you know, uh, I, I think, is it weird to say that he has something to kind of prove this year? I don't know to who maybe to himself. Maybe. I don't think he has much to prove to anyone else besides himself. Well, I just, I I guess what I'm saying is it feels like he's fallen off this sort of tier of guys that I'm like, that guy could get to number one. I don't really think of Spieth as somebody that could get to number one right now. No, I agree with you. And so I, but then if he goes out and let's say he wins Sony and like wins Phoenix or Riviera or something or, like that, then you're or like Texas before the week to Texas open the week before the masters. <laughs> right. I mean, it, then, then it's like, okay, yeah. it, 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 I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of a weird position because there are a few guys that have done and accomplished more than he has, but because he has these ups and downs, I feel a little bit like, you kind of have something to prove this year, you know, of, of like, can you be like the top guy in the world? Maybe, and maybe that's unfair. I don't, it doesn't negate everything that he's accomplished, but I think it's, uh, 
I don't know. That's just sort of how I feel about him right now. It would be an interesting subplot to 2023 if Jordan Spieth just injected himself kind of right back into some of these conversations. So six under. Be amazing. It'd be amazing. Right. Uh, six under 64, Chris Kirk there as well. There's a couple of guys in the clubhouse, Harris English, Denny McCarthy, Brendan Todd at five under Taylor Montgomery coverage over Taylor Montgomery. still rocking and rolling. He is on 16 right now in the middle of the fairway. He just made bogey on 15. We talked about him a lot in the preview show, Kyle. And if he continues to play like he has in the fall and like he has in the first round here in January, we're going to be spending a lot more oxygen on this guy and he's going to be our rookie of the year. Yeah, he he's he's a little bit in the um, Sahith Thagala role from this time a year ago. He, he he certainly has accomplished more at this point in the season than Thagala had at this point last year. But he, he's the guy that you're kind of looking around like like most most people most normal people are not paying attention to golf right now um right there you you've got psychos like us who are and the people that watch this show and there there's a there's a small contingent which is great like those are the people that i'm interested in talking with and talking to but there there's going to be a moment over the next two or three months where people sort of jump back in to golf, whether that's Phoenix or Riv or maybe the masters is like when most people kind of jump back in and they're not, they're going to have no idea who Taylor Montgomery is. And he's going to be ranked like, what's he ranked right now in the world? Yeah. Uh, I can find out for you. He's going to be ranked like 22nd in the world or something. If he, if he continues to play like he is at the kind of bigger events that he's going to, play himself into 61. Okay. I mean, it's, I think people, even people who are, who are like hardcore with this stuff, don't realize how much he's accomplished and how good he's been since this season started. I mean, he's got what, like seven top 15s or something. Yeah. I think he's got, however many events he's played either seven or eight, it's one less. And that's how many top 15s he has. (laughs) Yeah. Which is just, that's nuts. That's crazy. The only problem I suppose is that this season he is the best putter on tour. Uh, 28 rounds, 1.22 strokes gained per round. That does not include the, shocking 4.7 he's already gained through the first 15 holes today so i he is either the greatest putter on the pga tour kind of like denny mccarthy area or we are going to get some putter regression it doesn't mean uh he can't be a great putter and the rest of his game has been has been stout enough and you Go back and look at the Corn Ferry stuff. Same thing. This is a prolonged stretch of really good golf for him. But I imagine, uh, I imagine the putter is going to cool off at some point. Yeah, I, I mean, well, I, I agree, but I keep saying that it keeps <laughs> I know. not cooling off. Right? It, it, it's a little bit the way that I felt about Tom Kim coming into the week, where you look at some of what he's done and you kind of say, "Okay, that's great. Is it sustainable?" I don't know. And maybe Tom Kim's a bad comparison because he played not very well on Thursday. But uh, when, he, when somebody continues to do it in like dunking in our faces, you, at some point you have to say this is just who this person is. Now, history would say Taylor Montgomery can't be that person for 10 years. But, you know, I think he could be for 18 months or, you know, two years or something like that. Speaking of our 
both of us, our one and done selection, Tom Kim. It was a two over 72. And speaking of putters cooling off, Tom Kim lost five mm. strokes putting on I Thursday. Saw that. That, Which actually makes it makes me optimistic about making the cut, right? Me, me, well, it just makes me optimistic that like the world is not crashing down. Yes. Yeah, so he gained a stroke and a half off the tee, a shot on approach. That's two and a half in the ball striking categories. Like if you would have told me that and didn't reveal the rest of the stat line, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. Tom Kim's like leading the golf tournament. This right. is statistically, uh, he doesn't have a lot of rounds, obviously. I've got 82 rounds on him. Um, this is the worst putting putting round of his career. So I imagine we are not going to, he's not going to lose another five tomorrow. He might not make the cut. He he could because it can bounce back, but that's kind of where we're at at this point. Yeah. Would you, would you, if somebody gave you the opportunity, would you trade him and use, like, would you take Spieth this week? You don't get Spieth. I mean, obviously you don't get him again because it's one and done, but would you, would you trade it after round one? Yeah. Right. He's eight shots better. So you're just saying, would I just take the result of Spieth or save Spieth? Like Spieth might finish yeah. T19. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. Because I do think when you get, and I have no data to back this up, I just feel like a really good, <laughs> engaged Spieth, fresh to start the year. Like, I don't know. I, I That that to me feels like a pretty a pretty good spot. It's not a particularly strong field at the top. Like, I, I would take the Spieth run right now. I think I would too, but I do love picking him for Augusta and or the open <laughs> just because he's so, so good on those uh, on those courses. Uh, the only other guy I wanted to mention real quick, Harris English, uh, really good yeah. uh, first round. He was out January to June of last year. He's played 15 events since last June and he only has one top 10. He just hasn't, he just, I don't know if that's lingering injury. I don't know if that's, I don't know what that is, but it was good to see him play well because, uh, man, he was, he was rolling before, um, before that injury, really like through the Ryder cup in 2021. Here, here's the good thing. When, uh, he did it again on Thursday, when you see Harris English gain strokes across the board, that's the sign. That is what he does when he plays his best golf. He's not going to blow you out of the water in any yeah. one particular area, but he's going to gain like a half a stroke across the board and it's going to be great stuff. So he did it again on Thursday. We'll see if he can do it again on Friday. I think it's time, KP. I mean, should we should we tease this a little bit? We had we had Bob on. Uh, we I don't know. We took like twenty eight minutes of his time. It was a pretty good it was a pretty good combo. We recorded earlier today, and I'm I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah, really good. I, I'm, and we could probably talk. You and I could probably talk about this on another podcast. I'm really interested in the sort of YouTube golfer world. Uh, there's a lot of people in that world. Uh, he mentioned some of them, the good, good and the, um, the barstool guys and the no line up guys. And there's just there, a lot of people that we are friends with play golf on YouTube, <laughs> which is, yeah. it's so like strange, also not because it works. And, uh, so we talked to him a lot about that. And I think that's a, I think it's a fascinating world. And I thought he had really good insight into it. Yeah. All right. So without further ado, we're going to go to a break and then Robbie Berger is going to be on the other side. So we'll see you over there. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And we're back. Very special guest time right now on the First Cut Podcast. You might know him as Brilliantly Dumb. You might know him as Bobby Fairways. I personally know him as the 2008 Jim Harder Basketball Camp Most Improved Player. It's Robbie Berger. Bob, what's up, dude? Rick, I appreciate you having me. And a big shout out to the Jim Harder Basketball Camp. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, no, nowhere else in the world are you getting introed like that, but here at the first cup pod. <laughs> that, that, that's one and one. I'm never going to get that again, so I'll really soak it all in. Uh, that's that's so sick. Well, listen, we we we've got a lot to get to here. We've 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 seen you on TV as of late, but you're you're crushing it on YouTube. Obviously, the the Bob Does Sports crew. Uh, w- when you started doing something like that, I imagine the goal was like, hey, let's let's get popular. Like, let's start doing stuff. Let's let's see how many people we can get watch our stuff. Could you have ever imagined uh, to be at the point that you're at right now? No, I mean, it's a good question, but it de- definitely not. I mean, we didn't really know where it was, where it was going to go. And we certainly at the time, we didn't expect it to be just like an old golf show. I know it's Bob does sports, but really <laughs> it's just Bob does golf. Um, definitely didn't see it going there. Um, but just as we kind of went and as we kept putting out more content, we saw what worked and what didn't. And then, you know, you brought on guys like a Joey Coldcuts, Matt yeah. Perez and, you know, it started to pop. So to answer your question, no, man, I mean, not at all. It's, it's pretty surreal. It, it feels like Joey Coldcuts is like pouring gasoline on any fire. And then the addition of Fat Perez is just like the 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 cherry on top. I, I obviously watch everything. So I'm very excited about this. But it's just it, it's such a dynamic, fun crew. Um, does it feel like work? When you're out there, are you still having fun playing golf? Not at all. I mean, we uh, like we even just did a we do a Bob does sports trip. So like once a once a month, we t- we take a week and we get as much content as possible. Um, you know, the the best thing is we spend so much time together on all these trips and not so. Even off camera, it's a very close knit crew. We, I mean, Fat Perez is asleep on my couch next to me. As we speak. <laughs> um, it, it, it really is. It, it's a very close knit group, and we just we really really enjoy it. And you definitely have different personalities um, between us all, so it works. And no, it, it, it does not feel like work at all. It's it's bizarre that that's what we consider work nowadays. Yeah. I guess. Just going back to work uh, before, like when you moved out to L.A. trying to start it out, uh, you you worked as a night manager at a Four Seasons, right? How was that time in your life kind of balancing making content, but also working at a night as a night manager in a hotel? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, the the good thing with the night shifts is, I mean, I I hated it. It was tough because, you know, you do the night shift, you get home at seven in the morning, you go to sleep, you wake up at 2 p.m., 3 p.m. So your day's just starting while everybody's kind of like finishing their day. So it's, to be honest with you, it's kind of depressing when you're doing that. (laughs) Um, The good thing about it was during the night shifts, I was able 
there was nothing going on. It, it was a four season. So it was, you know, it was a good hotel. You had to be alert and, and on top of things, but at the same time, there's not much going on. So I was able to fire a lot of my content to, you know, my side hustle. I was able to do it a lot, you know, during those night shifts. Um, but at the same time, I loved, I always loved doing content so much that it didn't really necessarily feel like a grind or anything because I just, I, I truly loved doing it. So when I had my lunch breaks or when it was really quiet, that's what I was working on. Um, and then, you know, as it got bigger and the Instagram started to, to really go up, it got a little bizarre because you would have some guests that would recognize me. And then, um, you know, I had about 40, 50 employees under me. It was a big department that I was doing. Um, so the guys, you know, my employees were, were starting to watch the content and see some of this happen. So I don't think the Four Seasons loved it because they're very uh, – I love them, but they're very regimented and uh, <laughs> it was definitely different than I think any of us were used to. But um, the night shifts overall really did help me, you know, fire a lot of content out there. Was there any, was there anybody that you, anybody's career or any business that you looked at and said, okay, we're, we're maybe not exactly like that, but we're trying to kind of, I'm, I'm trying to kind of model what that person's doing or, the, or that company's doing or whatever, or were you kind of just doing whatever you wanted and it, and it stuck. How, how, how do you like sort of think about that, that, that kind of thing? Yeah. Somebody that I always watched that I always loved because it was just what he does is so organic and he has his best friends working on the show with him, And that's the way that I always wanted it to be Pat McAfee. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Pat McAfee show, he's got all his boys on the panel there with him, and it, none of it is staged. It's just they just get up and you could tell they're just having so much fun and they're just a very close group. So I always watched McAfee and uh, admired what he was able to do. Um, with that being said, you know, I don't know. I definitely um, had like a different style, but McAfee was somebody I always looked up to and, and still do. I mean, he's killing it. Uh, we've got bills to pay. We'll talk about the Tito Shorty's classic, but I got I got a lot more before we we get to that point. Um, one of the things that Kyle always kind of talks about, I think we were just talking about the other day, KP, is it feels like we're very much in this influencer realm where mm. you know these these major club manufacturers are almost using the influencers that they have on staff, the the YouTube audiences that they have access to to promote new products like we've never seen before, right? And I don't know if that's because the average person can't relate to what John Rahm's hitting or what Xander Shoffley's hitting and they just want to hear what Bob's hitting because if I if he can find a fair way with it, I can find a fair way with it, right? So there's this kind of this weird dynamic and it feels like you're kind of right in the middle of it at the right time. Yeah, it's it's a good point. I, I honestly, with the whole thing, I, I think we kind of caught the perfect storm because, I mean, I think everybody's seeing now and, um, you know, just the whole influencer world now and how you can make that to be a full-time job, you know, podcasts, YouTubers and all of that. And then for us, I think what has been so huge is YouTube golf now is crazy yeah. to yeah. see the way that that all and now all these brands in the golf world I mean, i think if you ask people from callaway and whatnot years ago if they would have youtubers um you know promoting their clubs clubs and doing sponsorships with them they'd probably say no way so we definitely got lucky in that regard of kind of hitting this time where i feel like golf has never been more popular and especially youtube golf yeah. um so yeah so we're kind of just riding that wave right now but we're very aware that we really really kind of hit the jackpot with it as far as 
being in golf at this time. And it's crazy to see the way the world's adjusting and we're just kind of running with it. It, it is a really good point. Like I, I don't, I watch golf on YouTube of people that I know and have become fans of. I don't watch people play like pick up basketball on YouTube. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's almost like, and maybe I would, but it's almost like golf is the perfect sport for something like that because everybody does play it and it's it's almost more I, I think Rick said it well it's almost more relatable when you say hey try out this club rather than Rory or Spieth or JT says it because I'm like well, we're like playing a different sport but you and I we're like closer together in terms of what we're doing what what we're playing so I I, I think the term influencer is maybe sometimes you maybe by my parents is like a negative connotation but it's really i think in a lot of ways the smartest way for a lot of these sort of legacy bigger kind of companies to reach uh not only a new audience but even the audience that they're they're trying to reach originally yeah i think even like if you said to me like a year ago he called me a youtuber like you it had like kind of like a stigma yeah. to it where like even that now is kind of like that's cool or like that's right okay with that or like influencer or whatnot and yeah i mean the good thing for me and joe is we we almost we're saying we almost don't want to get better at golf because people like <laughs> you know, they, they really they like watching us go and chunk shots and the good news is we don't see that changing anytime soon uh, for the viewers as much as me and Joe may want it to. Um, but, yeah, I do think a lot of people can relate to the golf that they see us play. And then, you know, on another note, something that I didn't even realize when we first brought him on, but that's been a really good um, change is when we brought Fat Perez on, who obviously is a stick. I mean, he's an unbelievable golfer. The good thing with the channel now is you have me and Joe, you never know what we're going to do, uh, shooting it every which way. And now you have Perez, who's got this smooth swing and can play, and now you get a little bit of both worlds, um, which is something that's been awesome. I didn't even see that. I didn't think of that when we first brought Fat Perez on. He was just a shoe in at the time. But it's kind of turned out to where that's helped, where now you get good golf, and then you get me and Joe who can't get out of the bunker <laughs> with anything yeah. like there's there's nothing more relatable than one when one of your balls goes in the bunker and there's this this sense of dread of how wh where is this gonna go how is it like I I feel that like I'm with you bud <laughs> it's true and you would think by now we would be able to I was playing a uh, Grant Horvat who was part of Good Good prior um, and we did like a a match and I was up up on him like three strokes going into the last hole. And I'm watching my ball sail into the bunker, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I try and get one out. I duff it. I duff it again. I hit into another bunker. I hit it over, and then I end the blue. Like, just it, it's abysmal. So uh, how did the, the three of you all come together, you, Joe, and then Fat? So, so me and Joe, we uh, it's so funny because I got I, he's right there in the living room. You can bring him in if he ever wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> he's still asleep. He, I don't know how I have him. No up. different. It's unreal. Um, me and Joe. So Joe, actually, it's pretty funny. Joe was a manager at the Four Seasons at the same time that I was um, working at the Four Seasons, and at the time, I was a front desk agent. Joe and his restaurant, the music was really loud. So, uh, and the rest, he was the GM of the restaurant at the Four Seasons. So, my manager went to complain about the music. 
So Joe came barreling out and he came over to me and asked, you know, do you think the music's too loud? And I said, no, not at all. I said, I think it's great. Everyone's having a good time. And uh, so that's how me and Joe met. And then um, with Perez, we were doing during COVID, we were doing happy hours for people on our Patreon, people who like um, subscribe behind a paywall. So we would Mm -hmm. do happy hours. There was nothing else to do. And we're on a happy hour one time and, Joe sends me a text and it's all on a zoom call. So you could see everybody up there and, you know, people would come in probably had like 75 people in at a time. And uh, he's like, you see this fat Perez guy. And I look up at my screen and there's this guy in a cubicle and he's clearly at work. He's clearly at work and he's just piping down beers, like just beer after beer. And you see Fat Perez on the Zoom, and I'm like, what? Who is this guy? And we brought him up, like, on the, on the happy hour. And, he, I mean, he just killed it. He was a riot. We ended up meeting up at Pinehurst um, in North Carolina, and we went to dinner together. He played with us the next day, and it was so natural the way he came in. It was just like it was a no-brainer once, once Perez had, had joined. That's hilarious. It's it's amazing. And Bob, speaking of the the ascension here, I mean, you were with Amanda Renner, our very our very own Amanda Renner, co-hosting this Tito's Shorties Classic. I mean, this uh, this isn't this isn't YouTube anymore, Bob. This is this is Golf Channel. I know, I know. And thank <laughs> God we had Amanda because it just I, I was so worried as far as like you just it's such a different beast. I mean, I've always wanted to do TV, but for us like YouTube. We have our editors. We have the jet to where, like, we know we're in good hands. We know we're protected. And it's like, you go out, you go on, you know, for TV. It it, it was definitely different. But Amanda's a pro, so we kind of just took her lead with it and just ran with it. Yeah, she's she's great. So this this aired last night, but you can go watch it again. It's on the PGA Tour YouTube channel. There is a charitable aspect to it that we'll get into a second. But this is essentially Bob. Just correct me if I'm wrong. It's kind of a pitch and putt. We've got we've got Joel Damon, Harry Higgs, Keith Mitchell, and uh, the Bo Show, Bo Hostler, who I that that's about as good of a crew as you could put together uh, out of anybody on tour. It's a perfect cast of characters. They, yeah. they really did. They played it really well as far as getting those guys together. And um, I mean, I think you could tell on it. We were watching it last night. It, it's, a, it's a good cast of characters. I mean, even before and after we were all hanging out and the vibes were high. It was honestly, it was it was so much fun and pretty surreal for us. Again, being the first TV, you know gig that we've done so it was really cool so let me sorry let me follow you up on that because is that like a watch party moment because i i do this show and my mom says oh i saw you on tv and i said no you saw me on your tv you were watching youtube on your tv yeah this is that's not tv but for her it is so i imagine if i was actually on tv bob that would be like uh you get the family together you sit them in front of the tv you watch it together is this a watch party opportunity me and Perez, we actually we came back from um, filming, and we knew we knew it was going to be hard for us to watch. It's just it's weird looking at yourself. It it really is, and like you're not watching anything else. You're just looking to see you to see if you've done anything stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, so me and Perez came back, and we're like, man, like it's going to be tough for us to watch, but we gotta watch it. Um, so yeah, we got back and we watched it, and it ended up being awesome. I mean, we were cracking up throughout it. Um, yeah, it, it was the range of emotions we had watching ourselves on TV for the first time was the most bizarre thing. <laughs> it really was. It's hard to describe, man. It was wild. What, what's the 
you know, I, I think that when you present something on YouTube or even on this show, people don't really, and, and more so with you guys, when you're out on the golf course and stuff, people don't understand how many things go into like that presentation, right? It's not just like, Oh, we'll take our iPhone out and film it. I mean, it's that sometimes, but there's a lot of editing, just a ton of stuff. What is the biggest misconception? Like when you tell people that, (laughs) <laughs> you play golf on YouTube. What, what's what's the biggest misconception that people have about like what what that experience is like? Yeah, it's a good question because the um, you, you're right. The we have two editors, the Jet and the Big Ticket. What we call them. Everybody's got a nickname. Um, those guys work like dogs, man. They're they're unbelievable. What they have to do, like we go out and film, and we, even this trip, we got eight videos and. For me, Joe and, and Perez were like, okay, great, we're done. We got eight videos in. That gives us more than a month worth of content. For those guys, it's just starting. Like for those guys, it, it is just their work is just getting started. So they work countless hours doing it, and, and there really is a lot behind it before it goes out there. Um, and again, for us, as much as it, it's a dream, and we're certainly not complaining, that's for sure, but we really do work hard. We really do, because there's a lot of content that's got to get out there. We have the Brilliantly Dumb show as well, so we do another show, and even one of our editors from Bob to Sports also does the Brilliantly Dumb show, um, amongst a lot of things. So it, it really is. It's nonstop, um, but it's such a dream to her. Again, it doesn't feel like work, but any of the editors in these YouTube, I mean, some YouTube account sometimes we put out two videos a week the stuff that these editors do behind the scenes and how long it takes to go through hours of footage it's amazing what they're able to turn out it, it really is it's incredible i even see some channels with three videos a week and mm. it's, it's a lot so those guys more than anything they bust their tail man they really do yeah multiple hours getting cut down to 20 minutes, 25 minutes, something like that. Doesn't, doesn't sound easy. Is there, is there anything that's, uh, that never made it to YouTube? You know, something that hit the cutting room floor that stands out to you. Maybe it was a little too risque. (laughs) Maybe, maybe Joey cold cuts cross the line somewhere, Bob. We can't put that out to the, we can't put that out. Yeah. I'm sure if you ask the jet, I'm sure he's probably got a folder of just some ridiculous. (laughs) It's probably blackmail. Oh yeah, for sure. No, he's got me dead in rights. Um, Yeah, there's definitely stuff on there. Um, For us, which is good, though, like we've done other channels where like even Good Good, who we love and, you know, we collab with them a lot. You got to keep it very PG. And a lot of times we forget that, like, we'll curse on there and stuff. (laughs) For us with our channel, which is good, we can really kind of let it fly. Um, It hurts us a little bit monetization wise. But for us, we'd rather be able to really be our true selves and really let it rip. Um, so for us, when we're filming, we're still able to let it go. But yeah, if you ask the jet, I'm sure he's got a folder of just some real ridiculous stuff that didn't make it. That's so good. Well, I think the first video of yours that like really took off, at least from my memory, from what I saw was, I think it was the Genesis one year and you were just peppering the boys with, I don't want to say like heckling, but positive reinforcement maybe (laughs) adjacent uh and and you've done that recently as well like in conjunction with the tour right have you like run into any players that have kind of felt rubbed the wrong way or any guys who are like the other end of the spectrum like really into it and like needling you back 
No, because like you said, like the stuff that I'm saying, like we always call it heckling, but I'm not really heckling them at all. I know like with golf, it's it's a very fine line that you got to walk. And I only like really got into like the the Genesis was the first tournament that I had ever been to. I had never seen a golf tournament. Um but I did know there's a fine line that you got to walk with the guys. So I, I really haven't gotten anything bad because a lot of what I'm saying is just positive stuff. Some of it's a little ridiculous, but it's nothing bad. The only guy that I think you could say maybe that I've actually heckled was, was Bubba Watson in the, <laughs> when I did the not today, Bub. So I think that's the only guy that like I really walked a little bit of a line with and maybe got, you know, a little close to him getting upset. But I mean, besides that, it's all been really positive. And what's cool now is um, the relationships we have with the players to where a lot of it, it doesn't really work now because a lot of it, we know the guys. So we, we, we don't really catch them off guard where we've had conversations with them or they've seen it or whatnot. So it also, it makes it fun, but there's not like that element of surprise where in the beginning they were kind of confused when you did it. Um, you know, depending on who it's to. I think Bubba actually cited the heckling when he left for live, Bob. I think that might have been you. You might have <laughs> pushed him over the line there. I was going to say, and I'm glad you said it, Rick, because you know what? I could be, could very well be. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. I was watching. Uh, I was watching last night. So again, you can watch the 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 replay of uh, the Tito Shorty's Classic on the PJ Tours YouTube channel over. I think it was 290 grand was donated to charity. There was a charitable aspect to this, Bob. So there was a lot of different ways for money to get donated based on play. And there were fun little quirks. There was a reverse mulligan I know you got involved with. I mean, this was this was something where we can have a little fun and we can do a lot of good. Yeah, it was I thought it was a perfect mix of both. It really was. It was and again, like you said, with the, with the guys that they got on, they really, really picked it well for it to be as fun as possible. And the reverse mulligan with me, Joe, Amanda, Perez hitting the shots definitely added a wrinkle to it. Um, for me, I just wanted to get that reverse mulligan over. I, I really right. did. My, my worst nightmare has always been every time like I'm watching golf is you see people behind the ropes and you just think to yourself, man, if that was me, these guys are in trouble. Like, God forbid. So when it was time, I'm kind of standing over the ball and I was telling Perez and Joe that when I'm, when I'm standing over the ball and everybody's lined up, you got people around the green to where even if you don't miss the green that much, people are still calling for because you're right, you know, you're right by them. As I'm standing over the ball, I swear to you in my head, I know this isn't great. I said to myself, there's no way I hit a good shot out here. There, there, <laughs> it's a good good swing, no though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, I I mean, I hit it and to watch – hit it way over the green and to watch these people just scurry in fear over your golf ball. <laughs> it's one of the most bizarre feelings. Not a good feeling, but just bizarre. I'm nervous when you just have tickets standing by himself on the green. I'm nervous <laughs> yeah, for him, yeah, let alone a crowd like I, that. Get Can we get that guy a hard hat? What is hat? This feels so unsafe. Rick, I, 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 he got been on this trip. We, he just missed getting ripped in the head with, <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> Joe has a lot where Joe like will really skull it. And it's like one of these low liners to where, it's scary, man, because he's got the camera and, you know, we always say and we're, hopefully it doesn't come to fruition. But one of these days it just scares us that he's going to get hit because we got balls coming every which way. <laughs> oh, sorry, KP, I thought you were jumping in. 
No, I am. Rick, have you ever played in front of like any kind of crowd at all? Uh, no. And that is by design, right? I mean, I, I avoid those situations. There, there, if, uh, I, I, no, the, only, the biggest crowd would be like, we all go on a boys golf trip and everyone's standing around the first tee. You're in the yeah. first group out. And that's Even- enough. That's enough. I was going to say, I, I, I played in a pro, I think I've told this story. I played in a pro-am before and there was like 20 people out there. I mean, there, there, there wasn't, there was nobody and it felt like the first tee of the Ryder cup. I mean, it felt just c- completely insane. It's, it's terrifying. Bob, I'm, I'm curious about, um, when you think about your work, do you, do you, do you meditate? Do you think, do you consider more the business part or the content making part? Cause there's, there's so many different like aspects to kind of building what you're building, which, which do, do you switch back and forth between what's your relationship between thinking about business and thinking about making the next video or making the next 10 videos? Yeah, that's a really good question. It, it, it's, it's a mix of both going into it. And like when Bob does sports started, I didn't know how much of the business side it would be like a lot of it real, like you're, when push comes to shove, even though you're playing golf, you're really, you're running a business, you know, you have yeah. merch, we have a breezy apparel and we're running tournaments and you have different sponsors. So it, it's really switching between the two. What's good is like for us content. That's why it's great that we have that one week where we film as much content as possible. So we make sure we're on that week. We're ready to rock and roll, get all the content and you can for the month, all the other weeks and all the other days, I'm able to focus on the business side of it. And that's something that's really, really, um, been great for me because I've learned probably more about it than I could ever imagined this this past year from a business standpoint and how much goes into it. But yeah, that was something that was interesting is how much of it is a business side of it because you really are running a business. And again, this year I've learned more than I could have really ever imagined with business relationships and all. It's really been cool. Just, just remember, Bob, those, uh, those greens fees, those are business expenses now. So just That's exactly just- right. Write those off. <laughs> oh, that's exactly right. It's a whole brilliantly dumb LLC, baby. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Smartest thing. Um, you know, you're talking about sponsors a little bit, and that that 290 grand that was donated to charity via Tito's. That's the handmade vodka that everybody knows and love. I have not, I've not stepped into the uh, the alcohol sponsorship game yet, but I feel like if you're going to do it, Tito's is a good one to align with. I have had more espresso <laughs> martinis both before. <laughs> And after the Tito's collab, then you can imagine uh, it's a no brainer. But yeah, that was that was a really cool one for us. Uh, I mean, Perez, too. I mean, Perez can really put him back as well. So <laughs> yeah, that might be that might not be that profitable for Tito's to yeah, be like twice Perez. Sleep, probably yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he put a he put a hurting on him. It was a uh, open bar during the Tito's classic and he, yeah. he put a hurting on him. <laughs> so good. <laughs> So good. Um, I could probably do this for three or four more hours, but I'm going to try to wrap this up here at some point, Bob. But like, what is, what's the future look like, right? I mean, the you talk about it all the time. I mean, this really is kind of a rocket ship situation. And what does that look like as we enter 2023, not only for you, but for Bob Does Sports and everything else uh, that you've got going on? Yeah, I, I think about it all the time because a lot of times people would ask me, and to be honest with you, Rick, I, I really didn't have an answer because I really didn't know. And um, my answer and what I've thought of is that, that we it's it's growing. It really is. It's growing so much right now to where for us, it's like we just want to keep growing our channel, get our platform as big as possible. 
And then we know that all, you know, doors are going to open from there. The whole Tito's thing for us is a perfect example to where we have the platform now. These doors are going to open. Something I've always wanted to do, always wanted to be in TV. Um, so that was awesome. I mean, it really was. It was surreal for me to do this. Um, but yeah, we want to build it as big as possible. And then we know the different steps and opportunities that we're going to have as a group. We can decide, do we want to do this? Do we want to do that? And then take it from there and run. So just continue to build the show as big as possible. And, you know, for us, we, we still feel like it's a lot of these things that, that happen to us or even us being on TV, it's, it's very surreal for us. And, uh, you know, we definitely don't want to ever lose that feeling, which I know we won't. So we're all kind of just taking it in stride and really soaking it in, man. We, we really are and see what happens from there. I love it. Boys, anything else before we let Bob get out of here? Now I got some uh, videos to go watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my favorite, it. my favorite was when, uh, he pretended to take Joey to Tory Pines. <laughs> that was the and one. Then he, and then he took him to a dog track. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the one. That, that, that video took the YouTube. That's what finally made everything jump as we told Cole Cuts we were going to take him to Tory Pines. And we took him to, without question, the worst golf course. It's got to be the worst golf course in America. Um, and he was so fired up. He was looking forward to it so much. And I felt so bad doing it to him. But as we were going there, I said, it's going to be so good for content that he'll understand. And I think now that he does as upset as he was, I'm hoping at some point you, you finally took him to Tory Pines. We have to not yet, but, but <laughs> that is on my mind, whether it's like Pebble Beach, Tory Pines, I will absolutely make it up to him for sure. It's the least I could do after that. So good. So good. All right. Uh, YouTube.com slash PGA Tours, where you can watch the replay. Tito's went out and did a great thing, donated $290,000. The Shorties Classic was phenomenal entertainment. Bob has been very gracious with his time. You can follow him uh, on Instagram. It's brilliantly dumb. Bob does sports on YouTube. Bob, thanks so much for, for popping on. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Anytime. All right, that'll do it for this first cut episode. Patrick McDonald available at Amateur Status. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.